views and opinions expressed by callers, guests, and hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Black Talk Radio Network and Black Talk Media Project. Black Talk Radio is new black media for the new millennium. More importantly, we're going to be talking about faith from the perspective of a scripture in John chapter 20. Before moving forward, I want to thank you um, to Scotty Reed and the Black Talk Radio Network. I want to thank the Way of the Lord Fellowship, um, <clears throat> Sound Mind, and all, everyone out there who's been a supporter of the Way of the Lord Ministry. With that being said, there has been a lot of misperceptions and misunderstanding as it pertains to faith that has been coming out of the church for the last 50 or 60 years, I would say. And about a few weeks ago, I stumbled upon a passage over in John chapter 20, verse 24. And this is a traditional passage in which Thomas is expressing supposedly doubt after he was not able to witness what the other disciples had witnessed when Jesus was resurrected from the tomb. So in John chapter 20, verse 24, it reads, Paul, but Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, meaning Thomas, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hand and put my finger in the mark of the nails, my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, eight days later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. And so in this particular passage, what I began or what I noticed was that Thomas, though doubting, though afraid, though concerned, made a statement. And he spoke some things, and as a result of what he spoke, Jesus reappeared. In spite of everything that was taking place, I began to get hung on what Thomas said. And I began to do research throughout the Bible of individuals speaking or talking faith. And so what does that mean, talking faith? Talking faith is we're going to get a a yield, a return for everything we speak. It's it's a sowing and reaping concept. It's the law of attraction concept, meaning that life and death is in the power of the tongue. This is over in Proverbs 18, 16. Every time that we speak, there is going to be a result of that which we've spoken. For example, rappers oftentimes talk about money. They talk about what they do. As a result of that, they get more money and they get more of that which they're talking about. <clears throat> what if we were more intentional about how we talked and what we said? 
because our words have power. And if you don't know your words have power, do a quick assessment of your life. And everything that's happening in your life is a result of that which you have spoken. Oftentimes we have been taught that the devil is doing something or people are doing things to us, which is true. But we share a part in that because we're the other ones who've been given the responsibility to speak, to talk, to communicate. If you think about it, all of our movement is a result of words. Something's been spoken, music, we're watching TV, we're constantly having messages, verbal messages sent to us every single day. And I believe that is the case in many of us who are struggling in their faith because you have the wrong messages which are impacting your spirit, which is causing you to doubt. And so what's taking place over in this passage is that Thomas spoke something, not necessarily out of doubt, but because he wanted to experience what the other disciples had experienced. It was almost he was asking the question, I love God too. I love Jesus too. I've been loyal. I've been faithful. I've been here. Why can't I not experience what everybody else has experienced? Because oftentimes in our faith journey, we are quick to look at others and to do a quick comparison about what they have or where they are and wondering why we're not there or what we're doing wrong. And so what I like about this passage is that Jesus reappears to confirm and affirm Thomas's statement, but more importantly, Thomas had a work to do. Each and every one of us have a purpose, and our purpose is dictated by that which we speak, that which we talk, how we communicate that. <clears throat> and so on this path of talking faith, <coughs> excuse me, um, I've been fortunate. <coughs> I've been fortunate to talk to some individuals about their faith journey. And this is an opportunity for those who want to call in and to um, dialogue, have a dialogue with me about this. Because that is what I've been doing for the last couple of weeks of trying to establish a platform or dialogue in which others are able to see how the words that they've spoken has caused them some things. And so whether it's positive or negative, we give back what we speak. And so the, the challenge for me is how do I encourage individuals but also get them to see the power of their words. And so over in, in this passage in, in John, it, it, it just stuck out to me that there's something to say about the words that we speak. And even if you go over to, um, say, Ezekiel chapter 37, God brings Ezekiel to the valley of the dry bones. It's a familiar passage for those of us who are in the faith. And Ezekiel was asked by God, do, can these dry bones live? And Ezekiel says, only you know God. And again, I like the fact how Ezekiel was careful in how he responded because he was led around the dry bones. He saw the dry bones over in, in, in Ezekiel 37 verses 1 through 3. He saw the dry bones, but emotionally he wasn't triggered to respond in error. So often when things happen to us and we approach the impossible and things that don't go on, are not going our way, we respond verbally inappropriate. And as a result of our response, we're complaining and we're venting, not understanding that each time that we complain and vent, it's not going to change what has happened. And so we have to begin to assess the impossible, the challenges that we have, and begin to utilize a different approach when we are articulating what's going on. 
Because if we are giving glory to God, then it's less likely we're going to continue to endure that thing. So what I mean by giving glory to God, I just simply mean be more thankful, be more appreciative, be more grateful, and begin to articulate and speak that. Speak that. You know, I had read something the other day that said, you know, about how when we, are, when we arrive late, oftentimes we say, hey, I'm sorry for being late, that we should change that and say, hey, thank you for waiting for me. It's all about us changing how we talk about everything and see what will take place. As, as a good brother said in our spiritual ritual last night, I just want to see this miracle to the end. I want to follow and obey this path to see where it takes me. So I am challenging individuals, so-called believers, Christians, to change up how we talk about God. Let's, let's stop, you know, being so fixated on being entertained in the church, but let's see how we can begin to reestablish and rebuild our community based off of faith. The church has been the primary center of our community, and the reason that it hasn't grown as the rest of the world has grown is that we have put, you know, confinement on it. We have false expectations. We, we, we're speaking negatively about the very thing that has been used by God to liberate us as African-American people. And so we have to get back into the church and make things practical because we are not speaking a proper message to keep individuals growing in Christ. The church has to stand up and begin to take responsibility for the false words that we have put out into the atmosphere. And as Christians, we bear a brunt of that responsibility. So over in this scripture, I see, I see Thomas articulating one thing, right? But I also see Jesus coming back and saying, hey, I'm coming back to show you that you have to do a better job of speaking and believing. And we have to, we have to grow to the place where we're able to speak that which we desire visualize that and then move in that direction. And this is what it talks about over in Romans chapter 4, verse 23, where it says, speak those things as though they were. Like, we're speaking that which we desire to happen, though it hasn't happened yet. And so talking faith is a consistent and intentional manner that we're going to speak positive, we're going to speak life about everything that is happening to us versus speaking death. For example, I am on the way to Burkina Faso next month and with the contingency of um, 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 Burkina Faso's churches out in New York. And as I've been preparing for this trip to go over, and, over to Burkina Faso and, 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 and plant churches, schools, and health centers, I've been speaking this. I've been speaking what I needed. I've been speaking what, what I've been seeing. And as a result of that, this thing has been picking up rapidly, like I met the ambassador, and the ambassador put me in contact with his assistant, so I'm going over there as his personal assistant. But more importantly, throughout this entire journey, I've noticed that my language and my words have all been godly. I've noticed that my language and words have, have come out of a different place than what I was accustomed to, and that I'm speaking with certainty, I'm speaking with confidence, I'm speaking those things as though they were according to God's will. And oftentimes, we don't speak according to God's will. We speak based off of our flesh. And because we're leading to our own understanding, speaking off of our flesh, we are oftentimes are putting words in the atmosphere that is really causing more chaos for us than a blessing. 
Because the words that we speak are designed to bless us and to bless others. So while we're not speaking in a loving way, in a positive way, no matter what's going on, and, 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 and we know this works because there are many people out here who do it, who don't use it. Tony Robinson, you know, all these motivational speakers use the same principle, right? The rappers use the same principle. You look at all the news. Think about, think about Donald Trump and how for four years he kept speaking things. And as he spoke things, people in society, people in his circle begin to, you know, latch on to what he said. And as a result of that, which he was speaking, the hate, the anger, the bitterness. Remember how the country began to become in an uproar because the so-called leader of the free world, the president of the country, was speaking recklessly. And as a result of that reckless language, it caused a ripple effect in society in terms of we saw more racism, we saw more assault, we saw all of that. And so that's just one of many examples in which individuals are talking and they are putting forth messages that are contrary to God. <clears throat> Each time that we speak is a spiritual message. Each time that we speak, it's a spiritual platform. Each time that we speak, we're speaking from a foundation. So we have to make sure that when we're speaking intentionally, we're speaking from a foundation, especially those of us who are born-again believers, who are Christians. We have fallen short by the wayside. We have, we have been, you know, the scripture said we're supposed to be in the world but not of the world. So now we're talking like the world, we're acting like the world, we're moving like the world, and therefore we're losing our power. The only way we can get our power back is by utilizing the word of God. This is how he was able to conquer, to conquer Jim Crow. This is how he was able to endure civil rights movement. This is how he's been able to, to withstand the onslaught of nefarious and demonic activity in Western society in America, the African-Americans, we've been able to do this because we've always utilized faith. We've always talked faith. We are the ones, African-Americans, through slavery, we created a whole new perspective of Christianity. This whole new perspective of Christianity is based on action. It's based on how you treat one another. And so what I always argue is this. African-American spirituality is unlike anywhere else in the world. But with that being said, we have evidence that when we come together, when we come together in faith, when we utilize our faith and our belief, we're able to topple systems of government that are designed to oppress us, marginalize us, separate us, and kill us all. We have history of doing this. And so on this podcast, it is my desire to connect with individuals who are like-minded, who have examples, who have experiences of them utilizing their faith to bring forth a positive yield in society. You have so many people out there who are doing great things. And oftentimes, we, well, we do great things in the day. We don't necessarily do great things at night. And so <clears throat> this, is, this podcast is about teaching, helping individuals to articulate and to speak according to their purpose, to help them to articulate, to speak according to their desires, and to make sure that everything that they speak is based on God's word. Because when it's based on God's word, it's going to work. There's evidence of this thing working. When we are speaking and moving as God's word, things begin to change. I've witnessed it personally. 
So I'm not just speaking about something I haven't seen. I'm speaking about something I have endured and experienced personally. In the last four months, in the last three months, in the last two months, after seeing this, this particular pericope in the Bible in John chapter 20, the things began to shift for me. My perspective began shifting because I had always believed that Thomas was a doubter. He didn't believe as much as the other disciples believed. But as I began to study, I began to realize that that necessarily wasn't the case. Thomas's lack of belief was that he wanted to experience what everybody else experienced. And as a result of that, Thomas was sent to India. And so the first church in India is a tribute to Thomas, who was considered to be a doubter. But it's not that he was doubting. He was speaking a desire that he wanted to see happen. He wanted to see Jesus again. He wanted Jesus to reappear. He wanted to have the same experience as the other disciples. And as a result of that, he spoke, and Jesus reappeared. And I'm telling you, each time that we speak, something appears. Whether we can see it or not, in the spiritual realm, something appears. Every time that we speak, something is appearing. Something is moving. Like, I'm talking right now, and as I'm talking, I feel, you know, a tingling sensation on my arm, right? And because of that, I know I'm speaking intentionally to somebody out there who is struggling in their faith, who is wondering why God hasn't shown up, who is wondering why they are doing all that they are doing, who is wondering if God is who, you know, they heard God was, because there are rumors about God. Amen? There's always rumors about God. And so what you have, you have individuals who may not have heard the correct or accurate rumor about God. And as a result of that, some things have not happened for you. And I challenge you to change up what you're talking. I challenge, I challenge you to change up how you're articulating, how you're expressing your feelings. I, I challenge you to, to really change up how you process things that don't go your way. Because typically we process things emotionally first. We have a feeling, right? And then we respond. But that's not the way of the Lord. That's not the way of the Lord. First Timothy 1 and 7 says, God has not given the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So if we are operating out of power, if we're operating out of love, if we're operating out of a sound mind, then we should never allow fear to hinder our faith, our journey, or our self-worth. Because one thing we know about America, or one thing I know, America uses images and messages to keep people off. I've been following what's been taking place on Facebook, how Facebook has been used or created an atmosphere in which people have in mental health situations. Children, adults have been impacted by what they see, right? So if that be the case, that lets me know that those messages may not be positive. So what are some positive messages that we can create from the church that can send encouragement to individuals, that can send hope, that can send joy, that can send peace. And I think it begins with how we talk. That's how I got here. It begins with how we talk. It begins with how we express what's going on. And this is why I say again, life and death in the power of the tongue. It's truly in the power of the tongue. But because we have not been taught to articulate properly, we find ourselves creating this chaotic atmosphere that overwhelms us, you know, that separates us, that steals our joy, that kills our hope. And we've done it based off the words that we have spoken. 
We've done this. And so now we have the power. We have the power to change our destination. We have the power to change, you know, our life because it's up to us. It's up to us. And God has equipped us. We have been equipped. But it's one thing to be equipped, but it's another thing how to apply your equipment. Many of us don't know how to utilize the equipment we've been, we've been given. If you go to the story of David, you know, David was told to put on Saul's uniform, his, his armor. But Saul's armor didn't fit David. David was accustomed to using a sling and pebbles. That was his weapon. He was fighting Goliath. So oftentimes, I believe in America, we have taken on the weapons of Saul. We have taken on American weapons. We are responding to things, you know, possibly as the world is responding. And we're getting beat up because often we don't have the, the capital resources, the material resources to defend against this system. But we do have spiritual resources. And this is what talking faith is all about. See, when you, once you realize that you have a deposit, a spiritual deposit that you can get a withdrawal from every single day, and the word of God is a deposit that was left behind for us to take out a withdrawal. The word of God, my grandmother used it, my great-grandmother used it, my great-great-grandmother, um, 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 Ella, who was of the Blackfoot tribe, when they walked from, from, from Canada all the way to West Virginia, they utilized faith. They walked with faith. They sang. When I was in military school, you know, we used to go out and do PT. Well, when we were doing our physical training, we were singing because it was in the singing that was giving us encouragement. It was in the singing that was taking us off the miles we had to run. It was in the singing that took us off the pain we felt. So the more that we sang, we became, we got encouraged. And then the person next to us strengthened us. Well, that is all how the church should be working. Right? That's how we as believers should be linked in with one another, helping one another out, giving encouragement. And so as I'm talking faith into my brother and sister, perfectly somebody's gonna be talking faith into me. And then as we talk faith into one another, that's how we build the kingdom of God. That's how we overcome this system. This is what was done during the civil rights movement. They talked faith. Fannie Lou Hamer talked faith. Martin Luther King talked faith. All those individuals talked faith. And they talked with certainty that God was going to do what God said he was going to do. They were, despite Jim Crow, they had believed that God had given them a mandate or a commandment to overturn Jim Crow, to defeat segregation. And they did it by talking it out, talking it, and confrontation. And we have to do the same thing. As born-again believers, we have to do the same thing. We have to talk faith. We have to speak with certainty according to God's word. And when we do that, we should get a positive result. We should get a positive yield. We should get a positive harvest. Because remember, this is about sowing and reaping. This is about sowing and reaping. And so if any spiritual institution is not utilizing the word of God to rebuild their community, I question whether or not they're Christians. If you look around the churches, the churches that are operating out of God's spirit, you should see the community change. And I'll give you an example. We've been in the West End of Richmond for 15 years, 
And since we've been there, we, we moved there in 2008, there were crack houses, abandoned, dilapidated houses in our neighborhood. And I used to walk around our church speaking change, speaking the change I want to happen. Lo and behold, 15 years later, the crack houses are gone. Those abandoned houses have been renovated. And now people are, gentrification has begun to happen in our neighborhood. And as I told this, this one lady who walked into my church saying that, you know, the, the music was too loud, I said, you were able to move in this neighborhood as a result of what we did in this neighborhood. It is through our, our faith walk. It is through our faith speech that this neighborhood overturned and came around because we kept speaking. We kept speaking against the crime, speaking against the drugs, speaking against the race. We wasn't praying it. We were speaking back against it and saying, this must go. And we're proclaiming a safe neighborhood. We're claiming and speaking, you know, you know um, um, better schools and, and, and better health care. We're speaking all of that. And so what's beginning to happen in our fellowship is that all of a sudden we're establishing a church. We are establishing a health center. We are establishing a school. And we're doing that because we're talking faith. We're speaking God's word. And so when you speak God's word intentionally, things happen. Things happen. And that's what talking faith is all about. It's utilizing the power of speech, the power of words, that everybody has unless you're unable to speak. And even with sign language, you still can communicate a message. So what I'm arguing and proposing is that we, as born-again Christians, believers, utilize our words to build up people, to give them hope, to establish a firm foundation, a firm spiritual foundation inside of them, using God's word, using love, using peace, using joy, using patience. And then what the scripture says over in Romans, that we should reproduce after our kind, meaning that we should connect with like-minded individuals. And this is what the whole Talking Faith podcast is all about, is to put our messages in the atmosphere in the universe with the intention of connecting with like-minded individuals. This is why God sent me to the Black Radio Talk Network, because you have, you know, the talent of Kemp. This is what the boys talked about. The Black Talk Network is the talented tenth of individuals who want to do things differently. And so I've decided to, to put my hat into the arena from a faith perspective and said, hey, why not consider faith? If it's gotten us here before, we're still utilizing, why not consider faith? All right, so I'll take a few minutes for, for a brief commercial. Thank you for tuning in for the Talking Faith um, podcast with Pastor Ellis O. Henderson. Now, See you back in a few seconds. Welcome back to Talking Faith with Pastor Ellis O. Henderson. And this morning, uh, I've been talking about faithful doubt. And the scripture that I've been utilizing is out of um, John chapter 20, verses 21 through 24. And what I was talking about, what I've been discussing, is just, you know, oftentimes we think that we're doubting 
and that our faith is lingering, and I think that's a part of the process. And so what I was talking about in the first hour is that how we can utilize our words to build up ourselves as well as to build up our communities as well as to build up the church. And I think that as, as pastors, as Christians, we have to consider how to do this and to have conversations and dialogues about where we are not speaking intentionally and how we can prove in this area. And so I know there's been many churches and ministries that have been talking about this for years, and oftentimes in the prosperity movement, they utilize these spiritual principles in order for, you know, the so-called leaders or the pastors to move. And the reason why I had an issue with the prosperity movement and their whole faith approach is that it wasn't egalitarian. See, God's word is egalitarian. See, if, if the prosperity movement can't work in Haiti or work in Africa, then it's not of God. But what I'm suggesting to you right now is that everything that I'm saying, each and every person can implement. Each of us can change up how we talk. Each of us can change up our perspective of how we approach situations that are beyond our control, right? And so with that being said, this is why I believe this approach is egalitarian. It's not based off of, you know, finances, not based off of class. It's based off of your beliefs. So when Jesus was saying to Thomas, you know, blessed are those who believe before seeing, right? So for those of us who are able to utilize this method to assist them, it's going to bless you because it's already still the test of time. This is something that's been spoken for billions of years. When you go back to the history of humanity, you will understand that words were utilized. And the words that we speak have power to build. I use Donald Trump as an example of how he destroyed you know, certain things. We have the power to build up our life, build up our confidence, build up the church, build up our communities, improve our schools, improve, improve our health centers, just by utilizing words. Again, life and death is in the power of the tongue. The tongue has power to create. Each of us are able to create everything that we're speaking. Everything that I'm speaking right now is creating a, a relationship. It's creating a rapport. It is attaching itself to other people's and other people's thoughts. And before you know it, we're going to have a full-fledged, not only podcast, but, but, but conversation throughout the world about how we can improve our conversation just by talking. And it's not just by talking, faith. Through that process, you also learn how to listen differently. You're not listening based off of your emotions. You listen based off of God's word. So no matter what somebody has said to you or offended you, you stay in God's word. It keeps you grounded because now I don't necessarily have to respond emotionally, I don't have to react to it. I just got to see what God's word has to say about it because God's word is true. So no matter what's happening in your life, take a step back, do a self-assessment, and ask yourself, okay, God, why is this happening? What am I supposed to learn from it versus reacting to it? So talking faith suggests that we pause. We pause. We survey the atmosphere to find out what's going on. And then we, we begin to intellectually, you know, understand what's happening. Always being mindful of the feelings and emotions that comes with things happening, not allowing your emotions to get the best of you. There's nothing wrong with emotions, but emotions become bad when you're reacting negatively to situations because of a feeling. So the feeling that you have is only a part 
of the situation. Your feelings, somebody else's feelings, somebody else's perspective doesn't necessarily reveal the truth. So we have to be mindful of how we react and how we respond out of our emotions, out of our feelings. Because oftentimes we say, well, I feel this and I feel that. Well, we have an intellect. We have a mind that we're skipping over. So then you're relying on your emotions, which, is, which fluctuates, right? So when you have a stable mind, a sound mind, you're able to survey the situation, survey the atmosphere, and decide how to react, how to respond, but more importantly, how to speak, how to articulate what's going on. And so this is where we are. This is where I am with the podcast. This is what we're trying to put out there to the community to, to let them know that we do have power, that we're not lost. So often we feel like we're powerless, we're hopeless, and we have nothing at our disposal. But what I've learned is that I do have something at my disposal, and it is my voice. It is my tongue. It is the word that I speak. And if I have this and it's powerful and I see some things happen as a result of it, I'm going to continue to do it. So I challenge somebody to continue to talk faith in the midst of their circumstance, in the midst of your calamities and your adversities and your challenges. I challenge you to talk faith. But I'm going to close out here in the next few minutes. But I want to close out on something that um, has shocked me. And we're going to go over to Ezekiel chapter 37 because I think it's a good example of, of, of what I'm saying of how we can do this. So in Ezekiel 37, verse 1, it says, The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones full of bones. He led me all around them, and there were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones. God told Ezekiel to prophesy, which means in the Hebrew to speak. He had to speak to the bones. And as he spoke to the bones, something began to happen. And as I read this text for the first time a few days ago, I'm like, amazing. Every time that Ezekiel spoke, something happened. And he was told to speak by God. And I began to think, each time that I have spoken, I know things that are happening, positive or negative. And I can look back in my life and see there's some times I spoke some things I should have never said, and it caused offense and harm to individuals. And because I know that, and I know I have a greater responsibility and I have greater powers inside of me that the words that I speak must be articulated differently than I have in the past. So now, you know, it talks about our how, you know, that our heart can be full of things, right? So the things I need my heart to be full of, because Jesus says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This is over in Matthew 17, 20. So because I understand that to be true, I have to make sure that each time I'm speaking, I'm speaking out of a full heart, a heart that's filled with the fruit of the Spirit over in Galatians 5. It's, it's filled with the love and the peace. And I, I'm turning there, by the way. And, and I'm going to say this. For those who want to be a part of this podcast, you got to bring your Bibles. you got to bring your swords out. My grandma used to call the Bible the sword, and we would sit down, her and I would go back and forth. So this whole talking faith um, on podcast is really, a, you know, honestly a tribute to my grandmother. This is what her and I used to do. She passed away back in January, and I'm just doing, doing this, this, this podcast to honor her 
and um, to strengthen myself because there were so many times her and I would have these conversations and it strengthened me. Um, and so though she's no longer here, I'm, I'm hoping I can strengthen somebody else the way that my grandmother strengthened me. And that's just by helping them see or approach their problems from a different perspective. So we're trying to approach problems from a divine and godly perspective versus approaching you know, problems and obstacles out of my own flesh, out of my own anger, out of my own frustration. I'm approaching everything from the understanding that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. Romans 8.28, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. And because I believe that when I'm approaching things, I know it's going to work together for my good. Because all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. I love the Lord. All things mean every, everything. So this has helped me not to overreact. This has helped me not to become too anxious. It has helped me not to get in my emotions or get in my feelings when things don't go my way because I know it's going to work together for my good. I don't know the, the duration. I don't know how long it's going to take, which can be frustrating, but I have to stand on God's word. It's going to work together for my good. And that's what I've learned over the, over the years. I've learned that if I cannot react and mess things up, even when it looks a mess, it will get resolved much quicker when I approach it from a healthier position mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. I'm not approaching problems unhealthily out of anger and unforgiveness and bitterness and, and blame and accusation or complaining or venting. I, no, I'm approaching situations from a different perspective now. But I know it's happening. Why is it happening? What can I do about it, and how can I move on? And that's what talking faith is. I'm faithfully talking about my circumstances. I'm faithfully talking about my situation. I'm faithfully talking about my children. I'm faithfully talking about my spouse. I'm faithfully talking about my church. I'm faithfully talking about myself. I'm faithfully talking about my job. I am talking faith. Speaking those things as though they were, no matter how it looks, no matter how it looks. And it's not easy, but it's doable. We can do it. It can be done. It just requires intention. It requires us staying connected to the source. It requires us to continue to keep the word of God at the forefront of us. It, it, it requires us to have a, 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 a peaceful mind. And it requires us to be in a quiet place. As good brother Scotty sent me an email today, and he was telling me what time to be on, his last sentence was, be in a quiet place. And I just thought that was so powerful. It said, be in a quiet place. And I began to think, where in my house is there a quiet place? But more importantly, I began to think about how being in a quiet place gives me confidence, gives me peace. It gives me a sense of joy. It gives me a place in which I can articulate and speak about things. And I think oftentimes when things are going wrong for us, that we're not in a quiet place. So when you get to a quiet, a quiet place, you can make better decisions. You cannot make decisions out of chaos. You cannot make decisions out of anger. You cannot make decisions out of being frustrated or anxious or unforgiving. You can only make sound, godly, powerful, and loving decisions when you are in a quiet place mentally, emotionally, and spiritually so that you can hear from God but more importantly, you can properly assess the situation that is before you that has got you all up into a fancy, as my grandmother would say. It got you, you know, my grandma would say, you know, this right here got your panties in a while. And I'd be like, Mama Flo, I don't wear panties. 
when she he was like, well, boy, you know, your underwear up, you know, up, up in a wide. You got to pull these things out of you so you can relax. So we have to pull some things out of us. We have to pull those things out of us that's causing us to have high blood pressure. We have to pull some things out of us that's causing us to be on so many medicines that's draining us of our strength. We can speak health to our bodies. You know, there was a time that our ancestors didn't have access to all we have right now, but all they had to their available to them was the power of their words. And that's that's why growing up as a kid, they used to always say, you know, don't say certain things, don't talk like that, right? We have to be careful of what we say because those words have power and they're going somewhere. Whether we like it, understand it, or agree with it, our words have power and they're going somewhere. So let's be more intentional about that which we talk about. Let's be more intentional about talking faith. Let's be more intentional to talk love. Let's be more intentional to talk peace. Let's be more intentional to talk about all the things over in Galatians 5, 22. It says, by contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the scripture says there is no law against such things. So if we're talking about these things, there's no law to that. But there is a law against talking about things that causes chaos, the quarreling, the quarrels, the dissensions, the anger, the fashions, the enviness, the carousing, the drunkenness, all those things we talk about in our community that is causing death to our people. We're talking about this stuff carelessly. We're talking about this thing without purpose. And what we don't realize that we shall be held accountable by what we say. Everything we say, we should be held accountable for that. Amen? Because the scripture says over in Matthew 15, verse 10, then he called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it's what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. We think the food that we eat defiles us. No, it is what comes out of our mouth, the word that we speak. That's what defiles us. Amen? That's what defiles us. It's the words that we speak. Let's change our words. Let's, let, let's change about how we talk. Let's not allow people or situational circumstance to pull us out of our center, our rootedness, and faith. Let's not be like the world. Let's take back all that the world has taken from us, and let's do it by faith. The scripture says the kingdom of violence suffers, the kingdom of God suffers violence, but we take it back by force. We have to take back what was stolen us by force, by talking about it, by speaking about it in a godly way, and not getting caught up in emotional, you know, entanglements that's going to dilute us of our strength. That's what our people need. Let's start talking faith. Let's start building one another up. Let's start igniting peace and igniting love and igniting joy. Let's approach things differently. We're in a great time. We're in a great dispensation in which things are moving. We can change things. Some people won't change, but for those of us who want to change, let's keep changing. Let's keep turning. Let's keep pursuing this good life. Let's keep pursuing this abundant life. Let's look forward to leaving a, a deposit for our children's children's children. We've talked about garbage and trash enough. 
and we can look at Donald Trump again and see where that got him, where that got us as a country. Let's try talking about something differently and see where that takes us. Let's see what we can do to build up our HBCUs. Let's see what we can do to talk about building up our schools and, and why we don't have health centers and hospitals in our neighborhood and why we're not growing food and having farms. Our people have a need, and there's enough resources out there to bring it together. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to put this out on the broadcast. At the Way of the Lord Fellowship at 1700 Blair Street, we are looking to partner with individuals all throughout the world who are interested in building the kingdom of God to provide the people with need, health insurance, health care, food, um, uh, um, um, by having a farm, having health centers. If you have space, let's have schools. Let's talk this stuff out. Let's talk about what we can do. Let's talk about only about solutions. Let's talk about only about purpose. Let's talk about only about building. Let's not talk about anything that's contrary to building, reshaping, and providing our community with healthy options. We know what's not out there. But as a church, as born-again believers, we can do this. The revolution will not be televised because it's happening in our hearts, in your heart, in my heart, and those my children's heart, revolution is coming, and change is coming, and we're a part of the change. Amen? So I thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for, for listening. You know, you can, you can reach me at, on my social media at, at Facebook at the Way of the Lord Fellowship. You can go to Ellis O.D.U. Henderson. You can reach me on, on Instagram at the first E-O-H. You can also reach me, you know, via email at talkingfaithwitheoh at gmail.com. Reach out, find out how you know how we can improve. You know, invite other listeners, um, and, and more importantly, just keep encouraged. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a blessed day, and may you continue to talk faith as you are equipped to live free in Christ. Amen. <laughs>